Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. I told you while I was home for a few weeks, I I watched a lot of TV and read the Bible, you know, kind of meshed them together. Well, you know, I did some spiritual things while I was there. Ate too much. Anybody eat too much while you're home alone? Come on, don't look at me like that. I know you. I'm not looking at anybody, but no shame in here today. It's a place of grace. But while I was praying, reading the Bible, eating, and watching TV, I watched a a movie that was uh, made popular when I was just a teenager, a young boy named Kevin. And I shared last week his parents left him and went to France. But Kevin was resilient. He just took charge of the house. He had to go shopping. He had to make his own dinner. I mean, you know, he had to ward off thieves that tried to steal his stuff. And eventually, at the end of the story, Kevin restored a whole nother family back. Remember the old guy that was out there shoveling the, you know, he thought was going to eat children and he had heard bad things? I thought he was a really nice, nice man and helped restore his family. You know, really, that's the redemptive nature of the gospel. That when you feel alone, God gives you power to seize moments and procure destiny for a future. And in Luke chapter 2, we find all the players are in place. Zachariah and Elizabeth have now had John. We find that Joseph and Mary are getting ready to have baby Jesus. And God's plan is coming together. See, I find that in my alone moments that God desires and wishes to use, he is also speaking to other people. And my moment is connected to somebody else's moment, and they become a master plan. And what you have to forget, uh, realize and never forget is that you're never alone. That God is not only working in you, but he's also working in others. And he's bringing together this master plan. Anybody in this last season maybe just felt alone? You know, I'm reading um, and I'm hearing about statistics of depression being at an all-time high in this season. Suicide rates going through the roof right now and breaking records because of this season where people feel isolated, alone, with no hope. But the Christmas story is all about hope. The Christmas story is all about a gift of God's presence. And I want to speak to you today about the gift of presence. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, we find it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quintus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be 
afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Or maybe your Bible says goodwill towards men. Here's what happens. God speaks to Mary in a moment and gives her this word that is beyond her. He tells her that she is not only going to have a baby, but this baby was going to be the Messiah that would redeem the world. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was just trying to clean the living room and God showed up and told me and gave me this crazy plan that did not even make sense, I think I would probably wonder if this was really God's plan for my life. But finally, she just rested in what God was saying and said, yes, Lord. But now the plan begins to unfold, and it may not have been what she expected. Because now she finds herself on the back of a donkey traveling to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant. The word was that she was carrying the Messiah, the King of glory, that would redeem mankind. But now she's on the back of a donkey in the middle of the night traveling to Bethlehem. Because here's how God's plan works. God takes your life and your life and my life and he weaves them together like a tapestry to fulfill the purpose of God. We had Zechariah, Elizabeth, Joseph, and Mary. Now we find a governor named Quinius is ordering a census of all the Roman world so Joseph could get to Bethlehem to fulfill a prophetic word that were spoken hundreds and hundreds of years before that the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. Here's what I do know. When God speaks over you and gives a word to your life, whatever he has to do to make it happen, he begins to bring things together because when your plan is bigger than you it is never bigger than God when your plan is beyond you it is never beyond God's purpose in the earth for you and here's what happens the Bible said they find themselves now in Bethlehem Joseph gets there and because it's a busy time there's no room in the hotel now, we've had guests in busy seasons. We always have a New Year's Day service. And for many years, we tried to grab a room, and we realized we waited too late, and the Outback Bowl was in town, and every hotel. So now we get rooms early because we don't want to put our guests at the Motel 3 because we want our guests to come back. And so now we get our rooms because we know there's a lot of things going on in town, but they get there. It's busy. No room. No hotels.com. There was not a Marriott app on their phone. They get there, there's no room. But watch what happens. We find that they do find room in a barn. And I want you to see how the presence of God, Emmanuel, God with us, is going to transform a barn into a throne room. And he's getting ready to make a manger, a throne. The Bible says she gives birth to the Messiah, the King of glory, Emmanuel, God with us, in a barn, in a stable. And the Bible says she wraps him in clothes and puts him in a manger, in this manger in a moment because of God's presence is now now transformed into a throne room. And that's what God does with ordinary people that carry good words, that, that walk in a place trusting God to perform that word. He says, I take ordinary things, and when I get done with them, they become supernatural. And for some of us in this season, we have felt alone, and we wonder, what are you doing? I told you, we walked into 2020, and we were declaring it was 2020 vision. 
Because it does, I told you, it doesn't take a branding expert to, to put 2020 with vision. That's easy. Every pastor I know, 2020 vision. Every, every billboard, 2020 vision. I do believe we're going to have 2020 vision of last year, of this year. But it's going to be hindsight. And we're going to see what God did there and there and there. And how he put us on the back of a donkey. How he spoke in an unordinary place. How he used things that we did not expect to fulfill, fulfill his purpose and fulfill his work. And here is what happens in this moment. They find themselves in the place. And I saw some things in this story. And they spoke to me. First I saw that God sees. God sees all of the things needed. And you may not understand, but God sees where you're at. You may be wondering, God, do you see what I'm walking through? Have you ever felt like that? God, do you even know where I am? Do you even see what I'm battling? God sees. God saw all of the things needed to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem to fulfill to fulfill his prophetic word, not only did God see, God hears. God hears every prayer. He heard the yes of Mary. And never forget that God hears your prayers. God hears your songs of worship. God hears your declaration. God even hears your questions and maybe even your complaints. I don't know about all the complaints I have, but he hears the questions. You say, God can hear my questions? God can handle your question. Even on a cross, Jesus asked this. He said, why have you forsaken me? God can handle your question. Why? He's the answer. He has the answer. And God can handle it all. And he hears what you speak. Every prayer, every song. But he not only sees and hears, God knows. See, it's easy to believe that he knows where I'm at or even where I've been. Because I've already been through it. And I see it, so I can just trust that God sees it. I know what I'm dealing with in my now. So when I understand that God knows, that God knows where I'm at and God knows where I'm in, but here's what's hard to grasp sometimes. He knows where I'm going. Because watch, when he shows up at the house of Joseph and he shows up in the home of Mary, he knows that eventually he's going to have to take this couple and get them to Bethlehem because the prophetic word in the Old Testament was the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. But he put uh, Joseph in the lineage of David and he knew that one day he would put forth a census and all the people in the lineage of David would have to come to Bethlehem to register because that's how big God is. Before you ever got to this moment, he was working in your yesterday to work things out in your now. And in your now, he's working out things for your tomorrow. Why? He knows. He knows where you're at. He knows where you've been. And he knows where you're going. And nothing ever catches him off guard. And nothing is ever wasted in the kingdom. I believe that he's working in 2020. I believe he's worked in January, in February, in March when we had to shut everything down. I believe he was working in April and in May and June and July and August and September, October, November. And he's working in December. But he's preparing our tomorrow in spite of our today and maybe you're battling and fighting the good fight of faith and you feel like you're losing and you feel like you're all alone always remember that he sees that he hears and he knows not only what you need but he knows who you are and he said I know the plan that I have for you says the Lord according to Jeremiah and he said it's a good plan and this plan will bless you and this plan has an expected end but not only does he see not only does he hear not only does he know but God is He's everything you need. He's peace. He's promise. He's prosperity. He's healing. He's grace. He's mercy. He's protection. He is. So he becomes what I need. 
He's a very present help in a time of trouble, the Bible said. I know he's here because he's near the brokenhearted. And I realize that he's working. Now watch what happens. Mary gives birth in a barn. This is what I find. He doesn't need a palace to arrive. He just needs a place. His presence just needs space. But sometimes I fail to give him space because my mind is crowded and my heart is crowded. He said, I don't need a palace to arrive. I don't need room in an inn or hotel. I, I, I just show up where you find room for me. And the Bible said they found room in a stable and all they had was a manger, but all he needed was a space to invade the world because the gift of his presence was about to be released. And when the gift of his presence was released, it changed everything. And he showed up and the Bible said the heavens begin to open and the, the hallelujahs of the kingdom begin to release. Angels showed up. They got the attention of shepherds. You say, why, why was it so fortunate they would visit shepherds? You see, shepherds were the last one on the list you would invite to a party. They smelled like sheep. They were usually dirty, rough, hands rough. From being, They were not on the top of the guest list. But I find out when Jesus arrived and his presence is manifest, he says everybody is on the list. It doesn't matter where you've been, you're on the list. It doesn't matter what you've been out weathering, you're on the list. It doesn't matter what your yesterday says, you're on the list. It doesn't matter what you're battling, you're on the list. It doesn't matter what you're fighting through, you're on the list. He shows up and angels begin to get the attentions of shepherds. And this is what the angels said. He said the heavens have opened and the peace of heaven is now been released in the earth and those that believe this peace will walk in the favor of the Lord goodwill toward men they will carry this into the earth and when he showed up everything changed when the gift of his presence was released everything changed and you find this barn is now this barn is now transformed into a throne room and I love what Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says this is a declaration of Jesus it says let your conduct be without covenantness be content with what you have for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is what it says. It says, be at peace where you're at. Don't put your hope in temporal things. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Leave you simply means and refers to the physical sense. I'm where you're at. And the good word is, in this passage is, you don't have to be at City Life Church to have him present. Matter of fact, if you're at home today, he's there. If you're at work today, he's there. If you're traveling, he's there. If you're in this room, he's here. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. That, that's what that means. We said he'll never leave us. But the word forsake means he will never separate us. He will never turn his heart or his face from us. I will be connected to you in my will, in my purpose, in your emotion. Because you can be with somebody and your heart not be connected to them. You can be with somebody, but never be really connected to who they are. But he said, I'm not only going to be with you, I'm going to be connected to you. I will never leave you, and I will never abandon you, as one translation says. I will be with you till the end. And when you hear that, and that becomes revelation in your life, it changes everything. Because I don't have to be at City Life Church. I don't have to be in the right place. I can be any place. I can even be in the wrong place. And I know he's there, because I know his presence is there. And if I'm connected 
give to me, he can get me out of the wrong place to the right place, surrounded by the right people in the right moment. And I find out the result is this. I'm never alone. When I feel alone, when I feel like I'm home alone, when I feel like there's no one there, I know that the king of glory and when he arrives, everything changes. When he shows up, everything changes. You see, the greatest gift he gave, it was not the healings we talk about in the gospel. It was not all of the things that happened as he walked the earth. It was him invading earth, Emmanuel, God with us, penetrating the heavens and arriving in Bethlehem. And when he stepped on the scene, every old word of yesterday, every promise of the Old Testament was now being fulfilled, but there was much more to come. And everything he did had prophetic implication. Everything he did began to shift eternity. And I find that when he poured himself into a barn, it now became a throne. When he walked the earth, he released the supernatural. When he picked up a cross, he built a bridge of redemption to eternity. When he came out of the grave, he robbed hell of its power. And he's doing the same thing today. He's taking ordinary people in ordinary places that are walking through alone places in a lone season. And he's saying, get ready. I do my best work in places people counted out. I do my best work in places people marked off the list. I show in things that nobody ever expected. You know, his first miracle, we find that he set the stage for everything. His very first miracle, we find that he shows up at a wedding. No longer a baby in a manger. No longer a young boy running around the house at Joseph and Mary's house. But he's now of age. And the Bible said he shows up at a wedding. And when he shows up at a wedding, this is what happens. Jesus' mother comes to him and said, they're out of wine. Now, it wasn't just they were out of, out of um, wine or out of party favors or out of food. Well, you have to understand, wine had been prepared for many years leading to this moment. And what was about to happen when they ran out of wine before the party ended, shame was going to be on the house, and the house would be labeled that they were not prepared for the moment of this wedding. It was much more. Jesus showed in a moment how he cancels shame. Very first miracle. The Bible said he shows up. And he looks at the servants and says, bring me six water pots. Six is the number of flesh. It's the number that we battle flesh. He said, bring me six water pots. Then he looked at these servants and said, fill the pots with water. And I'm sure they thought, these people have partied all day long. But we're not going to convince them that this water is wine. That's <laughs> what the Bible says. And he said, fill the pots with water. They filled the pots with water. And the Bible said that after they filled the pots with water, Jesus looked at him and said, draw out and take what you draw out to the governor of the feast. They drew the water out with a drawing cup. They carried it to the governor of the feast. And the governor of the feast tasted the wine. And this is what he said. He said, most people, ordinary people, the ones I usually come in contact with, they put out the good stuff in the beginning. And they save the cheap stuff for the end of the party when everybody is well drunk and the party's almost over. But this is what he said. You have saved the best to last. Here's what Jesus shows us in his very first miracle. What you see go in. Because the Bible says only the servants... Only the ones that put the water in, only the ones that had the issue, knew what went in. Some of you only know what you walked through in this season. 
Some of you only know what you have battled in your mind or in your heart in this season. Some of you only know what you've had to fight in your good fight of faith in this season. Nobody else knows. But what you saw go in is not what he's bringing out. The Bible said only the servants knew. And the governor said, wow, you've saved the best till last. And Jesus stepped on the scene. He said, let me show you my very first miracle that I always save the best till last. And what you saw go in is not what coming out. Oh, you saw a baby in a manger. Oh, the king of glory is coming out. You saw a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, but get ready. The blind are about to see and the lame are ready to walk for joy and dead things are about to live because what you saw go in, I'm telling someone, Christmas is all about hope. And if the world ever needed hope, it's right now. And for some of you, what you saw go in is not going to be your next season because there is glory coming out and there is faith coming out and there is promise coming out and there is purpose coming out and there is healing coming out and there's redemption coming out and he saves the best till last come on jump to your feet with me this morning the Christmas story is all about a new beginning and a new chapter and just what if this Christmas season he put a period on the end of the last season and he declared over you in your life, in your family. I've seen God do some great things in 2020. I didn't expect some of the things. I didn't realize that in March we'd have to shut church down for four months and watch online. I, I didn't see us not having church in a building on Easter Sunday. I didn't see a pandemic that would sweep the globe or all of the tensions that we see in our society. But what I have to trust is this. God sees. When I heard the word, I didn't expect a donkey ride to Bethlehem. I didn't expect to end up in a barn having to put the baby in a manger. God sees. But also know that God hears. In every prayer I've prayed, in every prayer you've prayed, and every time I've said, I don't understand, but yes, Lord. I just have to believe God hears. When I can't see the picture of the master puzzle and the master plan, I just trust God knows. Because ultimately, I believe God is. He said he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That means you're always on point. David said, I, I, my soul is following hard after you. But David also said, please don't turn your face from me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Here's what he said. He said, I'll never leave you alone, but I'll never turn my face from you either. I'll never forsake you. I'll never abandon you. I'll never leave you as an orphan. So the good news is, God's here. Emmanuel, God with us, has never left. No, he's no longer in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes, but he's reigning as the king of glory. And the greatest gift he has ever given is the gift of his presence. And the greatest gift you can give is the gift of your presence. The greatest gift you can give is just showing up, not at church, but in purpose. Mary didn't understand it was bigger than what she knew, but she simply finally said, yes. bigger. I didn't expect the donkey, didn't expect the manger, 
Didn't even realize I'd end up in Bethlehem. But yes, showing up, being present. Greatest gift you can give to your family in this season. Be present because you can be in a place and not really be there. You ever been at a dinner table and you looked around and everybody had their cell phone out? I have. I've been guilty of that. Probably last night. But be present. Put the phone down. Be where you're at. I walked in Starbucks a few days ago and there was two girls sitting at a little table and they were both texting. I looked at them and I said, are you texting each other? They looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, no. I was like, I was just joking. We're only a foot apart, you know. Just be where you're at. Be present. Because the truth is, the king of glory is. And when I'm present, my eyes open to his wonders. My ears begin to hear what he is saying. My heart connects what he is doing. And I'm telling you, God is working in 2020. And I believe he always saves his best till last. And I believe what he does as he wraps up this year will help us step into a next year and a next season and a next moment. And we'll step into the next promise and the next purpose. And I'll look back at 2020 and say he was in my January and he was in my February and he was in my March and he was in my April and he was in my May, my June, July, August, September, October, November and in December and I'm going to step right into January knowing and expecting that Emmanuel God with us is already there already there. Father I just pray today over the people of God I pray Father that your presence would rest on them. Your presence would work through them. I pray that we would take the yes of our life and connect it to the promise that you have already declared knowing father that you are working knowing that you are speaking knowing father that you are aligning knowing father that promise and purpose is being established father i just speak over those that feel alone today remind them through your word and by your presence that you are there for those that are seeking answers just remind them today that you know and for those that need a miracle we just declare that you are it so father i pray that you would work i pray for those that are brokenhearted be nearer to them than ever before those that are heavy those that are battling those that are struggling father just speak over them be with them and those that are expecting greater things father just increase their faith and allow them to know, Father, that you are working for their good in Jesus. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today, and we'll see you next time.